heard you go out on a couple things i mean i want to like i want us to like do this so i might yeah i might i might i might bug you with like asking you again but like we're gonna oh, get yeah. the, we're gonna get no the, the the fodder for <laughs> um for 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 everything else um and it did it didn't mess up this question uh again you sound great right now so oh good uh i'm a massage take three <laughs> all right so you know with the question of how is wellness a creative practice you know as a practitioner I think about some of my more kind of complicated cases with that question and a lot of times you know there are of course some simpler cases where you're presented with something and there's a kind of very easy answer right or thought on what's going on. Um, but sometimes, you know, I mean, we're very dynamic beings and we have, our bodies are complicated. Our minds are complicated. You know, how that whole show is going on is an incredibly complex process. And the, you know, as a practitioner that becomes creative in terms of, okay, how do I kind of solve this, the mystery of what's being presented to me? You know, if you're developing a treatment plan or making an assessment, um, there's a process of fitting those pieces together to get to that end place that you're trying to get to. But if, you know, if your mind is too rigid and you're not able to think kind of outside what's right in front of you and figure out what questions to ask, you know, your client or the person you're working with to get to that next space, that's going to be a difficult time. And I think in essence, you know, even with a, with a doctor, any kind of wellness professional, um, you know, there has to be that ability to to go beyond what's obvious sometimes. Um, and so in that sense, it becomes absolutely a, a, a sort of creative process. Um, and then the second piece of that, you know, is there's this whole kind of meeting the client where they're at, right? And being creative in the sense of, okay, I'm going to develop something that's not just textbook what I should be doing, but it's also going to work for the individual person. And so each case in that sense kind of becomes its own little project. So shall we say. And, and with, with, you know, working as a healer in that regard and just your comments around the impact of, of art, I, I surmise that you see, you know, far closer connection between those aspects of your life and what you do than, you know, might be readily apparent at first. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think that one of the main benefits of creativity is it gives your mind the flexibility to go beyond what's maybe black and white you know, or maybe right in front of you. And so about a, a, an, an art 
form that you practice more recently. Um, I be, I believe you've been uh, picking up on uh, sculpting again. Uh, haven't yeah. done it before. And can you talk about your your recent experience with that? And uh, you know, just sculpting. I clear. I know nothing about. sculpting. Sculpting, I, <laughs> I'm intimidated. Like it's one art form where I look at artists do it, I'd be like, I haven't the slightest possible idea yeah. how to achieve what you've achieved. <laughs> I, I've been moved by certain uh, sculptures. I, you know, I've looked at Rodin and I've seen uh, others, and it's amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm baffled. Um, so with that, <laughs> um, so, 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 so tell us about um, sculpting and your relationship with it. Yeah, so I first had sculpted years ago um, in school and had kind of lost it. Um, as you know, I, I moved out to Oregon from the East Coast for a while and did not sculpt at all while I was out there. And then since I came back East last year, I actually reconnected with um, my old teacher who's retired now, but has an art studio. And he's like a mad scientist of his own right, you know, just not in a lab, uh, with, with clay specifically, um, is the sculpture that, um, or the kind of medium that we use or that I'm somewhat trained in, shall we say. Um, but one thing I really love about working with clay that I think other visual art has, you know, lacks, or at least this sets it aside is the fact that you are literally put in your hands and you know you're getting yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a whole other feeling of kind of getting involved because there's sensation you know with you're not just drawing with a pen or painting with a brush or something like that but there's this actual I'm sticking my hands in this clay and I'm literally fashioning the image that I'm creating and there's something that feels almost like I don't know if primitive is the right word, but something that's very raw about that experience. Um, so there's a few different parts to uh, sculpting with clay. So the first, you know, you create the sort of, the clay is pretty wet when you first work with it. So you have to kind of, you know, start the sculpture and then sometimes wait until it becomes, the clay becomes a consistency and it's kind of, you know, married the air a little bit and become a little a little bit firmer and there are ways to speed that process um i've recently learned about you can use kind of like a blowtorch and use it almost like a hair dryer on the clay oh my so that it yeah i know it's it's pretty fun you know you feel pretty sure powerful holding something that's spouting this big flame i can't say i don't enjoy that i'm, I'm very interested in sculpting now <laughs> yeah exactly um and then, you know, then from there, you're able to work in finer detail, right? Because when the clay is too wet, the detail is kind of going to collapse a little bit and it's not going to be as strong and vivid. Um, so there's a, definitely a timing thing there that you have to work into how that process goes. Um, so once you've, you know, you've sculpted and you have the shape of, whatever it is that you're making there's it goes into a kiln so there's a firing process um where at a pretty high heat it'd be you know the clay sits and it's always so amazing because 
you know, for a kiln to fire, we have to wait till it's full. So there has to be, there's the sense of community in the studio there because none of our work uh, is yeah. getting to the next stage until there's enough to fill the kiln, which I is definitely a little frustrating sometimes, but I also <laughs> sure. enjoy um, because sometimes, you know, you'll have a piece you worked on and you kind of stop thinking about it and then bam, one day, there it is. And now it's hard, you know, right? Like it becomes this kind of rock feeling. So the next part of the process is glazing. So there's painting, you know, different types of glaze you can use. Um, my favorite that I've come across more recently that for some reason I had never found when I was younger um, is there's this glaze that so it's essentially you know one sort of base color and then there are these little tiny granules of another color in it so they create this kind of splash um, once so once you've glazed a piece the kiln is fire you know you fire it in the kiln again and then the color kind of sets in and hardens in a in a sense and that part's always a big surprise because until, you know, and I'm definitely not at a stage where I've done enough. I'm not experienced enough to know really what glazing will become. Um, <laughs> so there's always this moment of like, oh, shit, how's this one going to turn out, you know? Because I have there's... an idea, but I'm sure the idea in my yes. head is going to be different from what I'm about exactly. to Exactly. And that's definitely been a little bit of a test on my... Uh, patience and willingness for things to evolve, <laughs> which I think is a good thing. Um, but that that's a really fun process also, um, just the kind of surprise element. And there's room then for learning. I, I've started to try and take notes of, okay, I used this color as an underglaze and this one over it so I can kind of remember, okay, what worked what way, you know, and have a little bit of a reference point. Um, yeah. but honestly, something I've enjoyed the most about sculpting is actually the experience of being in a studio while other artists are working simultaneously. Um, I really feel like there's a certain energy that, or an energy shift rather, you know, when you're working alone, which is how most of my art has been done, or when you're working around other creative minds, I feel like you're kind of all feeding into each other in a sense um and that creates a really cool space yeah i um i, I really appreciate uh your description um because yeah it, it you know you certainly bring out uh you know the elements of of community um the process uh itself sounds like there are components that uh, demand uh, patience and openness to, you know, uh, the unexpected that sound right. almost, you know, almost meditative. And I've seen certain arts more closely connected, I think, to a more meditative process or a, a kind of like there's some sort of um, attempt towards harmony, such as uh, like Japanese um, uh, flower range in Ikebana, which has, yeah. you know, like layers of heaven, layers of like earth and like water and ocean and um, just general concepts that you tried to build into things. But the way that you build it, you know, it's it's definitely has some you know, freedom, but it's, it's, it, um, it, it takes some patience to create that, that balance and that type of harmony right. that, that creates, you know, maybe the art object or what's appealing. Right. Right. 
Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I love about, you know, art, I mean, I guess a lot of art can take a while to develop. Um, but with something like ceramic sculpture, where there's so many steps to the process, that can be a pretty long time, you know, from starting a piece to, well, I, I have a hard time ever saying any of my art is finished, but <laughs> to finishing it. And it's almost like you develop this relationship, you know, a kind of tangible relationship with this thing that you're creating in a way that I think is is really cool. The um the the amount of time that you that you know any particular artist will spend on doing something. I, I see you know I follow people on social media or friends of yeah. mine who are doing pieces of art and it's it, it takes them a long, long time. And I don't have that concept because me, I'm kind of the uh, the opposite where I it's it just you know, I have it's not my number one skill as far as demonstrating patience for what I'm creating. And sure. um, it's 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 really interesting to see, you know, if you say that it is a painting or it is a song or it is a sculpture, you know, for somebody who you know operates in a different way, it's it's not that much of an investment or, you know, right. like not in a traditional <laughs> way. It's not eight months right or yeah years or um so uh, hearing about that and um you know the the folks you are around uh, and sculpting uh, involved in a common endeavor um that that's that that sounds like quite a a different type of experience i would say yeah yeah no it's it's great and you know that's something i've kind of been not on an active mission for it, you know, in my adult life, but something I have considered a lot is how rare it can be unless you're involved in a very specific type of thing to find community, you know, in modern culture. And I feel like to do that through art is so cool. Yeah, when it's 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 easier, you know, both of us love in music to see, you know, because the right. bass guitar has to be lined up with, you know, the lead guitar and the rhythm That's and right. the drums and the singer and uh, <laughs> you know, it's uh, the, <laughs> they they have to do it a a, a particular way, but um the artist uh, community is, is is certainly something that can obviously shape uh, the art or what's produced and also the yeah. the the learning processes. Um uh, I know you love movies. Uh, I, I love movies. I know you are might be obsessed by movies. I know I might be obsessed <laughs> by movies. Um, but uh, I did want to talk to you about one out this uh, summer, Midsommar. Um, oh, my goodness. <laughs> by Harry Astor. And, um, you know, there's some public admissions here for me. Uh, I never <laughs> knew how to talk about this bizarre lovely, brilliant, deeply disturbing movie. But uh, beyond that, uh, I have seen it uh, more than once uh, in the theater while it's in the theater. I've seen it three times in the theater. Oh, wow. And um, it is just uh, you had you had recommended it uh, to me amongst uh, his 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 other work. But um, uh, what do you think of it? Well, I, was, I was about to say, I was wondering what that next question was going to be because I'm like, I don't know what to do. To tackle I don't know this what to one. I'm going to be like, are you familiar with this thing at all? Or, I don't know. How, 
How do you tell? <laughs> Wait, what kind of movie is it? Okay, here's here's a question. Let's guide it. Uh, okay. it it's been described in three different ways um, that I've seen. One is uh, Wizard of Oz for perverts. The other, <laughs> the other is a surreal breakup movie. And the third is quite simply a dark comedy. Those are the three yeah. that this. Okay. Which one is well, it? Well, you know, I, I'm going to veto the first one. The reason being that <laughs> I can find something like that perverted. And maybe that's a, a play on who I am, you know, or who <laughs> we are as people that are enjoying this film. Um, but I thought that the sort of shockingness of it and the disturbing content was not done in a way that was just for shock value, shall we say, you know, I feel like that just real, but it really drives the nail in the coffin. You know what I mean? I mean, that is a, that's an intense way to present. Well, I'm still a little bit up in the air about what exactly this movie was trying to present. Um, but I have my speculation. (laughs) Um, but I, I definitely thought there was an immensely comedic element to it that I absolutely adored. Um, it was similar a little bit to me. I don't know if you saw the film Get Out that was yes. released a few years back. Yes. Um, yes. But yes. In also, you know, incredibly horrific and disturbing, especially because it's a little more, you know, societally relevant in some really awful ways. But right. I think that the the comedy in that too and the ability to create that sense in a film that's so disturbing is very it's a wonderfully twisted and just fabulous thing to achieve um but in with midsummer specifically i felt one of the reasons it was so funny is because there were these a lot of really hysterical moments. I'm not talking about hysterically funny, like hysterical people having hysterical meltdowns or experiences or whatever. And I feel like that just represented um, a, a really true part of human experience. You know, that that that, a, that can that can happen, and it could be right. so unwieldy and you know, right. have this kind of reaction. I watched it. Uh, so I had the first time I watched it through amongst in the theater. And I think what was very clear to me, if I, if you could feel something that nobody said was that it was improper to laugh uh, at this movie. It felt so heavy. dirty. <laughs> so it felt so wrong to laugh yeah. at it. But at the same point, it was just so overwhelmingly funny at points. It, right. I mean, it's a at deeply, points, it's, yeah. Emphasis it, on at points. At, at, at points. <laughs> and so what's happened the next times that I've seen it, I've relegated myself that I am going to laugh out loud at the funniest parts because they yes. are funny and that's what I should be doing. But meanwhile, during that time, I am the only person laughing in the theater because most people are seeing it for the first time. I right. So. <laughs> and just horrified at you. And now you're on about 10 watch lists in the local area. That's okay. I, <laughs> I know for sure that people were um, uh, unsettled by the laughing at points, but <laughs> hey, I pay the same ticket price. 
exactly as, as, as everybody as everybody else does um you get to have your experience <laughs> i think i think it's um i think it's a surreal breakup movie the, the director talks about it in that way i think it's like it, to, to explain the whole type of thing i think um you know that's there um there's i saw pieces you know where the facial expressions of the the lead actress oh, i'm forgetting her name right now but were she does some that were just overtly like dorothy in the wizard of oz mm. that i think that's where the connection was that she yeah made these, these faces that were definitely uh you know a tip of the hat to the wizard of oz but yeah i mean I don't know how far to um um, you know, to go with all that, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I, I found it to be, uh, just kind of one of a kind, uh, and the acting within it, the set design, um, the, you know, the, the, the beauty of the scenery and yet, yeah. and yet I almost expected for the entire movie for Hunter S. Thompson to come out of the woods and to join Pop what out. was going on there. <laughs> I don't know if you had that impression, but I sure as had uh, when I thought. I'm like, I think Hunter S. Thompson is going to be entering this right movie in. soon. I would have loved to read the gonzo journalism account of his experience if he were to be there. Uh, if one or you or I should try to try to write it and see. Uh, yeah, see what, exactly. See what and, we come and, up with. And see what we come up with. <laughs> um, so for your acts of creativity, like uh, if we go back, jump back to something for just a tiny bit. Um, yeah. Are you trying to create something? Uh, specifically, I mean, is there a project you're like, I'd like to make this? Sure. Yeah. So a couple of things um, come to mind. And one thing, actually, this gives me some space to say one thing I meant to mention um, when you first asked me kind of what the significance of creativity is. But I feel like in a large way, it's and this is something I kind of strive for and what feels the most natural for me to try to produce Um in my own work is this this almost a connection to the divine right like a reflection the art will come out as a reflection of something that is greater than my life as claire or my humanity even shall we say you know i feel like consciousness is so vast and so much bigger than what we're experiencing firsthand right like oh here i am sitting down in so-and-so room, you know, um, and I feel like at least with my own art, I like to try to channel something that's come from, I, I don't mean a higher place in a religious sense, but something that is a, kind of outside of my human life. You know what I mean? That That's the one piece of it. Um, and then the other piece, actually, I've always seen art as a, or for me, it's always been a very healthy way to try to express, um, let's say, the darkness that resides in the inner world, not to sound too ominous here. Um, but it's always felt, and, and I never kind of meant it to be this way, but for instance, like the most recent piece that I'm sculpting has this skull face that was incredibly difficult to sculpt actually but I feel like there is a kind of 
you know, darkness to human experience. And there's, it's can be very chaotic and it can be very, what do I do with this? You know? And I think to be able to express that in a way kind of heals it a little bit and creates a, I don't know, a productive and helpful space to reconcile some of that. I don't know if that makes any sense. Well, it makes it makes every every bit of sense, and I think it's absolutely fundamental, uh, yeah. Claire, because you, part of part of the the investigation is that you know artists or you know you're not going to pull out you know is it a thing of beauty right like you know right. th- that is a component of of art. Um, but I but I you know I think I've seen this and even mentioned in a previous um, episode around you know David Lynch for example and. I mean, who can create beautiful, you know, very type of Pacific, you know, calming, beautiful pieces and shots. But also, you know, there's there's quite simply, you know, death or dismemberment or or blood or and in 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 talking about his process, I believe when uh, I was talking to Anya Khan in a previous episode, she I had mentioned that about him in that in that process where he he he's seeing what he's seeing. He's engaging in transcendental meditation and then what comes up comes up. Like I'll give you one like super specific and just basic examples. Yeah. I found just yesterday, like I posted uh pictures that I really, really like, right? So I take, you know, I'm I, I like to do photography. And some one was of nature, or three of them were in nature. I mean, it'd be sand, uh, beautiful trees, what have you. And then separately, with just the same uh, same interest, same uh, engagement, I posted one from Ripley's, uh, believe it or not, museum. Mm. It was Chucky, you know, Chucky the doll from Child's yeah. Play, and it's it's scary, and his scars on the face, and it's horrific, but. And it's just different things interest you. And I I think sometimes I'm, you know, I I'm envious of consistent people, (laughs) Um, but but I don't know. You know, I don't know. I mean, it's within the artistic process, things will arise. And I think if we censor ourselves in what arises, we're just (laughs) it's not really it's not really going anywhere. It's, right. It's stifling rather than liberating. Absolutely. Um, and so do, do you find yourself struggling, though, um, in maybe talking about or if those components do come up of what you're supposed to do with them? Or are you pretty open to kind of, OK, this is from me as well or this idea or this image is from me as well and I'm OK with it? How are- yeah, I I feel personally, I feel very comfortable Um with that because it's not something that I think of as wrong or as like, Oh, there's this broken piece of me that is struggling. You know, I think it's just as real and as valid and as important a part of human experience as, as joy really, you know, I mean, of course the balance can be shifted sometimes in a way that's not ideal, shall we say. Um, (laughs) But I think it's something that I've, really come to terms with. And I think there were maybe times of my life, especially, you know, as a young adult where I was a little too open to those things and maybe kind of 
I don't know, you know, embraced that a little too much without balance, um, which I think is its own rabbit hole to fall down. Um, but sure. personally, sure. I, I feel very comfortable with it. And I'm wondering if I'm allowed to ask you the same question. <laughs> oh, of course. Of course. Um, uh, I, no, I've, I've never felt comfortable with it. Uh, clear. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I've, I mean, I've had it. It's not like I've hidden it. Um, whether it's the kind of sad songs or dark songs or the type of books that I like, and you know, you, you only read or are interested in some like heavy things like uh, Dostoevsky and Tolstoy yeah. and Russia and Faulkner. I mean, just throwing myself into difficult many times dark, you know, areas. Um, I've done it and I've done it for as long as I can remember. Um, but I think now and what I'm trying to do, whether it's with podcasts or doing art or an exploration for myself, I think I'm grappling with that like more head yeah. on being mm -hmm. comfortable with that, including things that, that I might create, um, in, yeah. in, in and not doing so, um, yeah, it's 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 a tough one. But I, I would, say, in, in perfect honesty, I would say no, I'm not. Uh, yeah. With with that, I don't shy away from it, but I, I wouldn't say I'm comfortable with it. I don't think those two things uh, are 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 different. Um, Match up. Yeah. 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 And um, I think you know the meditation experience for me has helped guide me after I've meditated, understanding. Things are going to come up in the head and they're going to float away and another thing's going to come up and this one's red and this one's blue. This one's happy. This right. one's sad. And then they're all come from, they're all, <laughs> they're all popping up. So, um, and it's, it's all of those, you know, we're kind of all of those, I think. Um, yeah. Of course, if you ask the host, me, a verbal processor, the questions I'm asking you, uh, I might go on for a very long time. <laughs> well, you know, I've always appreciated that about you. <laughs> um, and uh, and I and, and I, I did like uh, hearing some of your thoughts about you know you know why why you're creating certain things or you know what what you're you're trying to um, what you're trying to create. Um, yeah. uh, one of the questions uh, here um, that I, that I wanted to ask. And, and ask you uh, succinctly is you know the the big uh, a big question is um, what 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 is art and what makes uh, an object a piece of art in your opinion? Oh man, you're gonna have to give me a second on that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's I mean something comes to mind from the beginning of our conversation, right? Is that question of if everything is art, then nothing is art. You know what I mean? Um, right, and right. something like that. And, and I'll be honest, there are some things that I've seen that are being presented as quote unquote art that I personally just flat out think are not, <laughs> Sure. you know? Um, and, and maybe this isn't always a, a clear answer and there's a little bit of room for subjective interpretation, but, you know, something I think about is if, if, if there is a piece of art and it's evident that somebody kind of put something into it that was meaningful or that was actually trying to get at something and is reflecting or reflecting something, then 
that is art, you know. And but but I think something we see a lot, especially with certain modern music, is there's this kind of regurgitation and this almost monotony, you know, to um, some things that are being created that don't feel as artistic to me, you know, like some of the stuff you hear on the radio nowadays, not to talk hatefully, you know, um, about anything, but I feel like, you know, there has to be, there has to be some sense of this was meaningful to the person that created it, you know? And there's there's some other level and something that's going on there. Um, right. There's it has to do maybe in the process or the attempt. And, you know, yeah. there's something there's something it's it's entering this system. And I think part of the thing is, you know, we can certainly that's what creates this great active debate about what's art or not, because I think it's one of those areas where, you know, the regular person would would do philosophy and not realizing they're doing philosophy, right? They can right. talk about what what makes that an object, and I, I think those areas are are a lot of fun. Music being one of them, right? That yeah. Track, when somebody says that's not music, what did they mean? You know, and I think right. it's a fun, it's a good point to start arguing and engage in fisticuffs nowadays. I'd imagine, but it's also <laughs> a very good point to start a conversation about. Yeah. You know how we've arrived um, at those at those two different uh, areas. I got uh, I got a big question for you. Um, okay, that, I'm ready. Uh, yeah, um, and, and and why is there something rather than nothing? Um, like why 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 is anything here? Yeah. Well. I think that's kind of the the age old question, you know, that's been pondered for a really, really long time. And and to be honest, I, I have to say that I think it's and I mean this just for myself, I think there's almost a little bit of naivety to speak about this in definitive terms, because the reality is we don't really know. Um, but I'll give you my speculation. Um, and and to, to be perfectly honest, I don't believe in any sort of divine plan. Um, you know, I don't believe that that really there is an underlying, this is the reason, you know. I think really right. in our human experience, it it becomes more about what are we making it. Which is a scary thing, and I think that's a reason why it's comfortable to believe something, because it gives, you know, an explanation. We have this kind of greatest blessing and greatest curse of human consciousness, which is that we can be here and we can speculate and we can understand meaning, but then we also have to kind of fill that void and figure it out, you know, which is as as much challenging as it as it is beautiful and i think you know largely we create that reason you know i mean to maybe i've just known too many scientists but it it seems to me that there's just this kind of cosmic soup of you know molecules and the the sort of goings on the biologically um you know, present side of things that's just kind of come together in this perfect way. And I, I don't I really have any reason or foundation to say, okay, this is why, you know, I, I just don't feel like, 
like I do, but I think that we can create that meaning in our own lives, which is liberating. You know, I don't think that's, it's a little scary because then there's not so much of a compass um, and you kind of have to create that path. But I think it, it really becomes a very individual thing. I thought you had the absolute answer for me, Claire. I get a, I, I thought you had the absolute answer, so that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. I'll have to continue booking guests. Um, there you go. Well, to, to, I'm glad. To, to, no, that's To good. make sure. <laughs> Believe me, is, I'm sure there are people much smarter than me and, and readily available for you. <laughs> it, it is it is a great question and part of the and I and I've liked it for a long time uh, as a philosopher myself, but I also like asking philosophical questions yeah. to a wide array of people. And I find a lot more people are philosophers than you know would identify as such. But I think you'd ask the same type of questions that philosophers would you know, just kind of like insular in an insular way, just ask themselves um, to uh, uh, to ask everybody. But you said well, it sounded like uh, just just overall, though, just a, a bit. That I didn't know you've been around a bunch of scientists and probably, you know, understand that, you know, you look at things maybe more empirically, you know, as. A, you yeah. Know, yeah. Like, is it you know, is it there or, you know, or not? And uh, um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. Um, but uh, um, <laughs> so, um, hey, clear. Um, did is there anything? Sure. Um, is there anything uh, else you'd like to um, to share with us um, about uh, things that you're doing or your practice and, and your art? Yeah, sure. I mean, well, in in terms of art, you know, I haven't. It's been mostly something for myself so far, you know, I'm not someone, I'm not going to tell you, Oh, here's my Instagram handle with my, <laughs> with all my latest sculpture. Um, but I will kind of share just kind of what, what I'm doing, where I've been working. So now I'm back in the Boston area and the sculptor I'm working with is Gregory Steinsick. Um, and he, you know, was my teacher and he has a studio in Newton, Massachusetts, which is very close to Boston. Um, so I've been working there and kind of regaining my footing. <laughs> um, and then I, I actually recently started dabbling in digital music production again, just because music, I think, is the art form that most readily speaks to me personally. Um, and so I, I have my I just moved into a new um, house and I have my keyboard set up here. So we'll see where that um, takes me. But the most concrete thing I can give you or tangible on your end, at least, is um, I'm practicing aromatherapy in Arlington, Massachusetts. Um, there's a small practice here, really wonderful practitioners, wonderful clients. Um, and that's probably, I mean, my most time consuming and sort of most focused and dedicated element of my life now, um, which can be creative, like we talked about. Um, and I think it's important to have space for, for both. Um, but that's, that's where I'm at. <laughs> All right. And of course you being, you know, from New York and up in, you know, the Boston area, I expect you to, you know, behave as, as properly, you know, as, as you possibly can, uh, given, well, of course. given that, yeah, I, <laughs> I would assume that at the very least you would tell me that you would, no matter yes, what exactly. you do. Yes, exactly. At least pretend. <laughs> no, no matter what you do. Um, 
thank you so much uh, for your time, uh, Claire. Everybody's uh, Claire uh, Papoulis, and um, uh, just it's been great uh, to talk to you and just kind of learn more on, and have a chance to, to chat about art and in, in, in life. Um, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Ken. It's always a pleasure <laughs> to explore these things with you. <laughs> so thank you. All right. <laughs> Bye, Claire. Bye. You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing.